you're listening to Rock Bottom Radio, broadcasting from deep in the turf net zone. Here's your host, Randy Wilson. Hello and welcome to Rock Bottom Country Club's unfiltered news for May of 2022. Before we get started, let's talk about Dryject. Did you know you can use Dryject to firm up your approaches? That's important if you have golfers who play the ground game rather than the lawn dart wet green crater shot. So let's help out the average golfer, the junior player, and the people just now discovering the game by letting them bounce the ball onto the green, just like Scottish golf. Cause you know, the whole lawn darts thing is so 20 years ago. Dryject your approaches and firm them up. All right, I just finished fertilizing all the fairways. Where'd you get the fertilizer? Over to the chicken farm. Bought a whole dump truck load of composted chicken litter and dead chickens. Great gopher guts, Mama. There's little white feathers all over the whole golf course, and the place smells like dead possums left out in the sun for three days. Liddell, go wash out the Vicon and then fire up the pumps. I put enough nitrogen on the fairways to start a bonfire. Hey, y'all, who wants a bowl of Mama's chili? I do. That'll be a dollar, big man. (laughs) What's in this chili? Chili? What's it taste like, Willie? Well, it's kind of, um, distinct. It stinks? What stinks? Your chili. Willie said your chili stinks. I did not. I think that vegan diet you own has ruined your taste buds. If anything is ruined, it's my smell buds. The smell of dead chickens is pretty distinct, too. See, he said it again. Hey, y'all seen my teeth? I had them in a jar over yonder by the cash register, and now they're gone. Booth, I thought you had implants. You still got fake teeth? I ain't got a tooth in my head. See? Good golly, Booth. Close your mouth. Look like a catfish. I distinctly remember you telling me you were going to get implants so you could be more attractive to the women folk. What'd you do with the $5,000 you borrowed? I didn't say I was getting tooth implants. I was wondering why he's so popular with them awful waffle waitresses. Can I help you? The temp agency sent me. Said you needed workers. Okay. Hey, Mama, do we have an account with a temp agency? Yeah, I got their card right here. The uh, Woke Temp Agency. Says they in tune with the youth of today. All righty, then. Uh, what position are you applying for? What do you got? Well, what can you do? You got any skills? Listen, before we go any further, do you see this sign around my neck? These are my proper pronouns, and I insist that you use them. No, pronouns were established as part of the English language, which we speak a badly mangled version of down here known as uh, American. You don't get to make new pronouns and adjectives unless you create an entire new language and get everybody to speak it. Here are my other demands. At least one gig of Wi-Fi covering the entire course, an espresso machine in the shop, and a 20-minute phone break every hour. Listen, Sparky. I catch you out there on that phone and you will have a phone break. Let's hire uh, uh, them. This will be fun. Them? What them? Ain't but this one little skinny fella standing here. Okay, you're hired. You can start tomorrow. Would you look at that? He fainted when you hired him. Maybe he's just doing that Chinese thing. You know, lying flat. No, he ain't got no heartbeat. He's, he's dead. He's stone dead. Have we got a defibrillator? No, but we have that old army surplus field phone. Just crank it real good and touch him over his heart with the wires. Here, let me try. I've used this thing of fishing. You gotta really crank it. 
Oh, the hug said it only works if you touch him someplace sensitive. The fish? No, the dead man. Touch him on his tongue, it'll stir his heart. You gotta zap him someplace real sensitive. Undo his pants. Not me. Me either. A bunch of phobes. Here, I'll do it. Didn't even say thank you. I hope he comes in tomorrow. It's air fine day. Anybody want to go fishing? Y'all get out of here and let me finish the radio show. Okay, it's time for unfiltered Rock Bottom Country Club news on Rock Bottom Radio. Friends with 6,000 cargo ships sitting idle in the water off of Shanghai, the busiest port in the world, we might be facing a longer-term shortage of chips, equipment, and parts. Whether this is due to past or current lockdowns, it's a break in the supply lines and golf will be affected. Modern equipment uses sophisticated chips, and most of those come from Taiwan. Yes, we make cornflakes and stuff here in the U.S., but the boxes and the cans and the plastic containers that we put that stuff in... It's made in China, and they arrive here in cargo ships. It's too expensive to fly that stuff around. Even when things get moving again, it'll probably take quite some time for logistics to get back to normal. Forward thinkers will continue to build simple contingencies capable of keeping things going. Remember the words of Robert Vaca, the more complex the system, the more apt it is to fail. The distraction of social media has key people focused on divisive politics and pronouns and geopolitical manipulation rather than problems in our own backyard. Problems that could cripple the entire Western economic structure. China has repeatedly stated that economic warfare and military warfare are the same thing. Our domestic suppliers need to catch up. Fabricating semiconductors, machine parts, and agricultural necessities here at home instead of depending on globalist transnational agreements. You know, that would stabilize an unsteady economy. Our tiny niche golf market might actually need to consider how to throttle back a little. Golfers will probably still pay big money to play destination holy grail courses, but they'll be much less apt to spend big on local golf. Let's not wait to educate our members concerning the probability we might have to reduce grooming standards. What if we did have to temporarily go back to scruffy, rugged Scottish golf? Better that the golfers were prepared for 5-8-inch fairways mowed occasionally and greens at 6 and a few weeds here and there than to surprise them. In other business news, Lululemon has announced they're going into men's clothing. If you're a TikToker, you aren't surprised, but if you're an actual man hesitant to wear yoga pants to work, This is the first you've heard of it. Good news is, Rock Bottom is jumping into this trend in a big way, mostly to avoid being ridiculed by the wokists. Ludell has acquired Lululemon-style uniforms for the crew and has created an advertising campaign using big-time golf personalities modeling the new uniforms. We are currently negotiating with Kevin Ross, Joe Fern, Brian Nets, and Frank Rossi to appear in these truly green and revealing outfits. The superintendent's uniform resembles uh, Superman's outfit, with a big S, and it comes with a cape. We have selected Brad Klein to model that one. Cletus has developed a green hair dye for men, since a lot of us have gone bald-headed, probably from bent grass stress, or possibly from spraying too much old chemistry. The formula is made from fermented Bermuda clippings, and will be available as soon as Cletus can solve the odor problem. Have you heard about the latest trend emanating from China? It's called Lie Flat. One simply works one, two days a week and camps on the couch the rest of the week. It's spreading across the world. It's probably a result of the lockdown style of government, and they're hoping to export the Lie Flat craze to America 
But we've already had that malady for years, beginning with the highly inflationary everybody-gets-free-money policy implemented by our brilliant leaders a while back. Talk about incentives. Just in from Bizarro Land, also known as California, the politicians spearheading the movement to turn public golf courses into affordable housing using a method first devised by Joseph Stalin has referred to Canadian geese as innocent creatures of the sky. Apparently she's not aware of their tendency to spread poa-laden poop about like greasy landmines, making it impossible to walk, sit, or stand without acquiring a thin film of stools on human skin, inside human brains, or worse, on fine turf. And now it's story time. One of the following stories has been altered slightly due to the Statue of Lamentations. Recently in golf news, a homeowner alongside a golf course sued the golf course because of the constant barrage of spherical objects bombarding their home. If you want details, check out John Reitman's excellent news story in TurfNet News. John Reitman is a seasoned professional newsman. That's why TurfNet News is so far above all the others. Anyway, I thought I might tell a story or two dealing with the topic of balls falling from the sky upon hapless homeowners. Way back in 1966, I was forcibly made to practice and play golf on a little course that was part of an army base in Batolz, Germany. Dad gave me a set of power belts and turned me loose upon the course. With little understanding of the swing, I immediately sliced every shot I hit several landing in a parking lot for the BOQ or the officer's quarters. I solved this like every other 11-year-old I ran away. The sound of breaking glass and obscenity still triggered this response in me. This was well before the psychotic blending of real estate with golf, so I hit cars and houses and fenced dogs fairly infrequently. Dad realized I had a problem, so he trained me in the proper immediate action drill. Should I hit a house? You walk down the side of the fairway. Never look at the house that was struck. Covertly drop a ball as if that was the only one you hit. And if questioned, deny, deny, deny. Next, you point at the nearest golfer and say, he did it. Years later, near another army base, Fort Bragg, I hit a house in the dogleg of a par five. I hit one of those screaming pull hooks that sounds like a gunshot when it hits the stucco. And I was surprised that no one came out yelling. And it was then that I realized the house was abandoned. The house was cratered with little 1.62-inch dimpled projectile holes. Kind of looked like a cluster bomb went off close by. I wondered why anyone would build a house there and who would buy that house. Later on, I learned the answer. Non-golfers. People who sought the increased property value of a fairway-side house. You know, doofuses. Sometimes people were driven insane by the little dimpled mortar rounds. At a course south of Fayetteville, North Carolina, I heard tales of a man who installed a steel mesh screen on his back porch, and he spent his weekends sitting there barking like a dog during golfers' backswings, yelling foul oaths, and he even progressed to playing horrible music at high volume. I think it was polka. I once hit a house in an attempt to carry the green on a par four at my brother's course, White Oak in Noonan, Georgia. It was a good hole, but it was ruined by real estate bait, and the homeowner came running out to curse me. I realized it was a fellow named Steve from Mike's crew, and when Steve abused me for punching his stucco, I explained that he shouldn't be angry with me, but with his real estate agent. I mean, the guy sold him a house right in the dogleg of a risk-reward hole. Steve went silent, and it wasn't long before he sold the house. I heard he went to the tee after the deal closed and hit balls at the house, laughing like a maniac, and when the homeowner came out to see what the problem was, Steve told him to blame his real estate agent, not the golfer. 
I heard another story of a fellow who seized golf balls that landed in his yard and with some kind of golf ball hand engraver, he would stamp in a word or phrase before throwing the ball back to the golfer. He wrote truly horrible things on the golfer's ball, things that questioned his manfulness or his intellect. But the golfers, often averaging just under 70 IQ, would just laugh. That's when the fellow stamped the word shank onto the ball. Now, if you're familiar with golfer superstitions, that's one word you never even mention on the golf course. And when the golfer would receive his ball with that word stamped upon it, he would howl in agony and pitch what is known as a fit down here in the South. But the greatest story I ever heard happened on that same course with the abandoned house. On number eight, about 170 yards down the right side, there was a house that had suffered more than its share of titleist bombardment. Two fellows were playing the hole, one of them a pretty good looking guy, when the beginner of the two managed to hit a line drive directly into the house in question. When the occupant emerged, soaked in righteous wrath and wearing a bathrobe, house slippers and those great big curlers in her hair, the two golfers did as they had been trained. They went down the opposite side of the fairway and pretended to find their balls. The lady yelled at them, and they pointed to a golfer standing back near the tee, indicating that he was the guilty party. Liars! She screamed, clearly near the breaking point. Foul, evil liars! The more seasoned golfer, the good-looking one, ignored her and hit his ball, shouldered his bag, and walked briskly down the fairway. The beginner, who had committed this horrible deed, lingered in the zone of guilt and suggested that she, the homeowner, was guilty of stupidity for buying a house positioned in a golf artillery zone. Then he casually hit his ball and began to drag his tacky cheap pull cart down the fairway. They were both discussing what he had said to the lady when the more experienced golfer, the handsome fellow, probably feeling a disturbance in the force, happened to look over his shoulder. He saw a truly terrifying sight. Gaining on them was an angry woman running as fast as she could in her puffy slippers, still wearing her bathrobe and those great big curlers in her hair. She was also carrying a double-barrel side-by-side shotgun at poured arms with blood in her eye and hate in her heart. Run! screamed the veteran golfer, and after assessing the situation, the beginner followed, dragging his trolley at high speed. Nearing the green and possible sanctuary, they slowed down to see if she had given up, but were both just in time to see her squeeze off a blast from one of the barrels. Both men screamed. The beginner's cart turned over and he abandoned it. This had the effect of helping him speed up. The veteran golfer, realizing he was now the primary target given his proximity, dropped his bag and ran just as another blast went overhead. Determining that she was now out of ammo, he stopped running and turned around. She's out of ammo, he told his freaked out companion. They both watched as she thumbed in two more shells rather expertly and coldly executed both golf bags. Ejecting both shells, she reloaded very quickly and continued the chase. Later, as the police stuffed the woman in the back of their police car, she must have run out of ammo, she tried to kick her way out of the window while screaming and baring her teeth. All the onlookers agreed that she had real potential as a uh, club board member or a green committee chairman. Anyway, the two golfers went inside to buy some more clubs and a new bag as she had made sure nothing was functional except for a sleeve of faultless balls, which were apparently indestructible. I don't know if this next part is true, but it's said that when she got out of jail, the woman bought clubs, took lessons, and went out and shelled all of her neighbors' houses with six irons and faultless balls. Willie, take the dump truck back over to the chicken farm and get us another load of chicken litter compost before every golf course around here figures out why we're so green and they're so yellow. Okay, rock bottom listeners. I'm going to reward you for staying with us to the end of the radio show by letting you in on a big secret. 
Intel sources say that our brilliant leaders slipped into Ukraine not by plane, because them Ruskies own the skies over there, and not by convoy, because that's one of the first things satellites look for is a convoy of Range Rovers. They got in on trains. Big deal, you say. Well, that little poke in the eye caused Ivan to fire off a bunch of cruise missiles and tear up more railroad infrastructure than Sherman did when he renovated Atlanta. And guess what? The small amount of fertilizer that was coming out of Ukraine rode on trains to get to Western Europe. Do you see where I'm going with this? If you find yourself needing nitrogen when it's all gone, go find a chicken farmer who has one of those composters for the chicken litter and the dead chickens who didn't make it to the 55 days or whatever it is now. Then try to find that fellow that sells biochar, you know, where they mix it with the chicken litter. Now this is something that Mark Hoban's been researching because he says it creates good microbes and helps with the stink and you should probably try to minimize golf complaints when it comes to stinking. You know, some golfers act like they can't even hit a golf shot when the gag reflex is active. So anyway, go find some chickens or just wait around for the government to restrict all fertilizer to uh, growing food only. And don't say we didn't warn you. You've been listening to Rock Bottom Radio, broadcasting from deep in the turf net zone. Subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher for future episodes. 